up your frozen dinners, grab your TV tray, and settle in for another episode of The Plus Platoon, your podcast for all things Disney Plus, brought to you by Disney Plus fans. Watch along with us every week as we cover all the new, the old, the good, and the bad on Disney Plus. So put down that remote, don't touch that dial, and welcome your fabulous Plus Platoon host. Hey everyone, welcome to the Plus Platoon. We're a Genie Plus, Disney Plus fan podcast that gives honest, spoiler-filled reviews of movies and shows on Disney Plus. We'll look at new releases, coming attractions, and we'll even go back into the vault to revisit some of the classic Disney that's on the platform. Make sure you're subscribed and you will never miss a moment. I'm going to bring in Kate. Kate, good to see you this evening. Good to see you too, Derek. I liked your little slip up there. That's okay. Yeah, it's been a week. It has, I understand. Okay. Next we've got Peter. Pete, glad to have you with us. Yeah, I was trying to I was trying to make a Robin Williams genie joke and I couldn't come up with one in my head. Well <laughs> that's fair. That's yeah. And last but certainly not least, we've got Steve. Steve, congratulations hey, everyone. Conferences. Yes, I'm done. <laughs> Woo! If you have not already, please like, subscribe, share so we can help get the word out and help all your friends listen to us on Plus Platoon also. So yeah, check check us out on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And yeah, we're all a bunch of twits. So um, tweet us on Facebook. All right. This week we are grabbing one of our diamonds in the rough and we are looking at the uh, the series the magic of Disney's animal kingdom. There have now been two seasons of this out. Uh, season one came out year, year and a half ago, I believe. And the new season, um, I believe is all out. Yes. Um, it's yeah. still, it is showing on the national Ge- geographic channel. Once a week, they are still bringing out new episodes, but all of the episodes are available on Disney plus. What it essentially does is follows the keepers at Animal Kingdom and other Disney properties as they care for the animals in the parks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we watched two specific episodes just so we had a common place of reference. We watched season one, episode seven, and we watched season two, episode two. Those were fairly representative. They gave us some, you know, some happy stuff, some sad stuff. And I will say I watched a couple other episodes and the two episodes we watched were very, very other than different animals. The episodes were very similar. So with that being said, Pete, I'm going to start with you because you were the one that was really high on this show to start with. What was magical about the magic of Disney's animal kingdom? Yeah. So I'm a big fan of these type of shows. There's a number of, uh, shows that are on national geographic and also on disney plus called secrets of the zoo um it started with uh the columbus zoo which is one of the top zoos in the country uh in columbus ohio and there's a number of other ones there's one for um zoo in sydney australia one in tampa a couple other ones but um so this is a very similar show to that because as you said it basically goes behind the scenes with the keepers taking care of the animals um to me though because i do also travel to disney this is very interesting because you get to see the animals that 
you see in the parks, but also see some of the behind the scenes things. So it's, so to me, it's a little more direct. I wouldn't say, uh, you know, from the quality of the show, I, I actually probably like secrets of the zoo Columbus a little bit better because I think they have a little more variety to it. But I think that this show is, is still very well done. It's obviously patterned after those shows. Um, I do like that. They will also go to the, the season Epcot. I don't think either of the episodes we watched had that, but some uh, of the yeah, other episodes, the, um, the sea turtles were at the seas, the sea turtles that needed uh, help. Okay. Some of the rehab sea turtles were actually at the seas in Epcot. Okay. Yeah. And then they'll, they, they went to Vero beach as well. Um, and so they'll, uh, they'll definitely go all over the place with Disney, but it's mostly focused on animal kingdom and animal kingdom lodge. Um, I, I picked the episodes and one of the reasons I picked the season one episode seven is there's a horn build, uh, uh, bird hornbill <laughs> in that, uh, in that episode that actually, uh, when we were at, at staying at Animal Kingdom Lodge in January, he basically hung out outside of our room. So we saw him pretty much every day. Um, so he's he's a little bit of, I guess, a celebrity on on property there for anyone that's seen the show. So I, I picked that one just because uh, I had I wanted to rewatch it. Um, I think that so I think it's I think it's a very entertaining show. You have to have a love for animals and you have to have an interest in behind the scenes caretaking of animals. Um, there's a lot of time spent with like vets and things like that. Um, there was one episode. I don't think it was one of the ones we watched. There was one episode that they had uh, one of the nutritionists and we had actually talked to that same person in January. And then we saw the episode in February, saw her on the episode. So I think that's kind of cool too, that you actually might see familiar faces if you go and visit uh, animal kingdom. Uh, so overall, I, you know, it's really a show that I enjoy a lot. It's not something that I would like watch back to back to back episodes of, but it's definitely something that I enjoy. Uh, what do you think, Steve? Um, I'm like you. One of the things I loved about this, I saw the first season right before I went to Walt Disney World and then be able to go there and actually see some of the animals that you had seen in the episodes was very cool. Um, especially when you're in, in some of the, like the walkthroughs and animal kingdoms, to be able to point them out or ask the people there if that was the um, animal you saw because they all the animals have names. Um, it's also, I found it fascinating. I think it was in one of the episodes where they're talking about how they designed the, um, the walkthrough, the Kilimanjaro safaris, how it's all separated, but doesn't look like that. Um, I have a special place because where I grew up about 20 minutes from my house, we had the wildlife safari where you drove your car through this track and you got to see animals. Actually, animals came up to your car. So sort of like similar things, but Animal Kingdom is much better than. Um, I also like that you got to see a lot of the behind the scenes and all the work that they do to take care of the animals found that really fascinating. Um, I could talk about things I didn't like in the next go around, but what did you think, Derek? Um, yeah, I liked the variety of animals that they pulled out. They didn't just focus on, you know, the super big headliner animals. It wasn't all lions, tigers, and bears. Oh my, and elephants. It was the sea turtles. It was the hornbill. It was these animals that you may not necessarily pay that close of attention to that still need care and still need help from the from the keepers 
Um, I like the fact that they did not pull any punches when they had to euthanize that gorilla in season two, episode two. I like the fact that they didn't hide that um, because they very easily could have, you know, said, you know, talked about how he was having problems, had a degenerative disease, and then never given any kind of conclusion. But it was no. And we had, and they explained why, you know, he was in pain for quality of life. They felt that they had to euthanize him. Mm-hmm. So I like that they didn't pull those punches. Um, yeah. Kate, what'd you like about the show? <laughs> yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, it probably wasn't my favorite thing we've ever watched, but I also think. Um, and this will kind of go into our next thing that I'm just not a huge fan of animal documentaries, even though I love a good documentary, um, animal documentaries and, and nature documentaries don't hold my attention as much as like historical documentaries. Um, but that being said, it was, uh, kind of like what all of you have said. It was really interesting having worked at the animal kingdom for several, several years, worked at festival of the lion King, which is in Africa at the animal kingdom. Um, I saw a lot of these animal trainers walking around like you. Some of these people looked so familiar to me. Um, And it did make me feel better because you never know. You just never know at certain like animals, animal zoos or animal parks. Like you're like, I just really hope they're taken care of and not abused. And so it did give me a little bit of peace of mind in that, that they, these animals really are very well cared for, very, very loved. Um, one thing that I particularly thought was fascinating was um, in the second episode that we watched being a physical therapist for gorillas that, that they have physical therapists for gorillas. I thought that was so interesting. Um, What a cool job. What an interesting job. Um, Something I just never, you know that veterinarians exist, but physical therapists for animals. That's just so cool. Uh, So I loved the backstory that they gave on a lot of them. I loved um, and agreed, Derek, that they didn't pull the punches on following through the entire story with the gorilla. Um, it, it was it was probably for someone who is not a huge animal documentary fan. It was a really good documentary. There you go. That's fair. Okay, now, Kate, so this is what was magical. Kate, I'm going to let you start on this one. What wasn't so special about this set of documentaries? So this is hard for me because I don't, and and I thought a lot about this, because I don't know if if this is the documentary's fault or if this is just the fact that I'm not a huge fan of animal show documentaries. Um, It didn't hold my attention super well. Um, I found myself wanting to kind of reach for my phone. Um, it also, while was cool to watch having worked at the animal kingdom, it was also kind of weird to watch having them talk about the Harambe wildlife reserve. It's like, okay, but I kind of thought that was just like a shtick for the ride. Like, (laughs) you know, like, so it, 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 there were points where like I was listening and I was taking it in, but then there were other points where they were talking about like that. And I was like, wait, y'all don't actually think this is like an African wildlife reserve, right? Like, you <laughs> like, this is a shtick 
So, so it's hard for me to answer that because I don't know if it's this documentary or if it's just animal documentaries in general. Uh, shoot, there was one more thing I had, and now I can't remember what it was. It'll come to me, Pete. What about you? It'll come to me. Um, so the one thing I would say is that the first season they had uh, Josh Gad do the narration for it. And then the second season season they have, and I, I I don't remember the person's name, but it's not anyone famous or anything. And we were watching the, the, the first episode of the second season. And my daughter said, is that a computer talking? <laughs> the person is very flat kind of monotone. Like yeah. That's, that's what she was like. Is that Siri or something? And uh, I think that, um, you know, I think Josh Gad, even though he didn't get over the top, like he wasn't really Olaf or anything like that. He added personality to his narration. And then in the second season, the narration was very flat and boring. Um, and I, I don't think that helped. And then the other thing I would say is these shows do tend to get a little bit repetitive again, watching if you watch multiple episodes and that's why i don't watch a lot of them in a row is uh you know that uh they they're kind of same same right i mean it's they're 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 talking about treatment of animals for the most part they don't spend a lot of time talking about behind the scenes operations of the park which i when they do that i think that's very interesting there was one episode in the first season where they talked about um like backstage at, at animal kingdom, they have this huge field of um, shrubbery or whatever you want to call it, greenery where they grow all the food for the animals. And they like took, took you back there and they showed you that. And that kind of stuff was really interesting to me. Whereas, but, but again, 90% of it is kind of the same. Here's an animal. Something's wrong with it. Let's figure it out. Okay. So I can see where, people might get bored at the repetitiveness of it. I find it fascinating enough that it doesn't bore me, but I could see people being bored by it. What about you, Steve? Um, I'm going to add on to what you said. I think the show does really well when they do more of the backstage stuff of what's happening behind the scenes to really appreciate all the work they put into it. Um, the other thing I don't like is I think they do try to do too many animals in the episode. I Agreed. like it. They narrowed it down to like two. I felt sometimes like, but I want to know more. And you jumped. And sometimes the jumps were in strange, strange locations. Like you're cutting now. Um, that was a really the big thing. I liked the first season much more than I've liked the second season so far. I think the same things you said, better narrator. I think there was a little bit more in depth on some of the episodes. Yes. So what do you think, Derek? Um, I think first thing, your criticism of, wanting to focus more on specific animals in specific episodes, I would have preferred to see twenty five a 25 minute episode about one animal. Agreed. Agreed. As opposed, to a, as opposed to a 40 minute episode about three animals. Agreed. Um, this felt like I was not the target audience for this. The target audience for this was the kids watching uh, ABC at 1030 on Saturday mornings. <laughs> That was the target audience. It felt very juvenile. One Saturday morning. Um, yeah. Reminded me of the uh, Jack Hanna show with his with the animals. Uh, reminded me of Wild Kratz, the uh, the PBS show with animals. Oh, wasn't as, 
I mean, I liked wild. My my daughter liked wild crats, but it wasn't as bad as that. No, it wasn't as bad as what. But that's what. That's just what I kept thinking, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Wasn't that if you knew stuff about animals and you're into animals and a lot of stuff, some of the episodes didn't have a lot of new information, like uh, the sea turtle one where, you know, with the babies and the sea turtles, someone who has seen that on multiple nature documentaries, I didn't really need to see it again. Yeah. Um, I watched another episode where they went through and basically one of the it was a new horse for the wedding carriage with the wedding Cinderella carriage and how the biggest thing they have to acclimate it to is the noise of the monorail as it goes overhead really Uh uh-huh so because if they're at the Grand Floridian it's about a half mile walk to the wedding chapel where you're basically walking underneath the monorail track so but it was just it was fine. It was okay. It wasn't great for me. So, and and I I do want to say one other criticism versus some of these other shows. Um, watching the um, Secrets of the Zoo in in Columbus, there's certain people, veterinarian zookeepers, that are on episodes over and over again, and you get to know them as well as the animals and i never got that from this show that i felt like i'm getting to know some of the keepers uh and i think that makes for a better show with secrets of the zoo than it does for this because i don't i don't feel like i have any clue who any of these people are in this in this show and i think they did that on purpose i think they did that because they wanted the animals to be the show not the keepers to be the show there was wasn't there granted we I only watched the two episodes that we talked about but wasn't there one lady who was in both uh, the the vet the vet okay the I, vet. I was going to say I thought there was at least one yeah but, but I I watched several other episodes and she wasn't in any of those others so she just happened to be in the two we were we watched yeah. you know I have to say one thing that <laughs> that made me chuckle a little bit it was in the first one we watched when they were checking the eyesight of the the monkey of oh, the mandrel and, mm-hmm. and and they were like i don't one of them said i don't want to give him any more sedation which i was like okay that's great we're not just like completely drugging our animals to to death and then they were like if i say run <laughs> run get like, out now yeah. I say go yeah go and and then it was like da 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 his arm's starting to move. We gotta go. Like, it's just, you Remind think, anyone you else know? of that scene Independence Day? The arm's moving. Yes. Yes. So that that just made me chuckle a little bit because you, I think I have a misconception of workers with these animals that like, oh, they become so bonded to the animals that the animals like, they can just go into the tiger's cake, the tiger's lair and like play <laughs> patty cake with them or something. I, well, because like you see videos on Instagram and TikTok of people who have raised cubs from ever and then they see them again and they're like, ah. anyway. So when they were like, hey, the sedation's wearing off. If I say run, 
run. Like you, you just don't, it was, that was like a scene out of a movie to me that just, it, that just made me chuckle anyway. And they, they did have, I don't know if it was in one of these episodes, but one of the episodes I was watching, they were examining the animal in the room that's out at Rafiki's planet watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if if you go out there, um, this is separate from Disney Plus, but if you go to Animal Kingdom and you go to Rafiki's Planet Watch, they do in the morning have schedules where they're examining animals. Um, you usually have to go there pretty early. So a lot of guests don't do that because they're too busy trying to ride, you know, Everest, Everest or something <laughs> <laughs> or Pandora. Uh, but if you go out there in the morning, a lot of times they'll have examinations and I remember um, many, many years ago, my wife and I, before my daughter was born, went there and they actually had a lion on the table sedated right there for, and you know, all these people are standing around watching them examine this lion. And it, 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 that's, it's really cool to see firsthand depending on what, on what kind of animal they have. You know, I guess if it's like a, a dog or something, it wouldn't be that exciting, but. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, I think that was uh because from when they pulled out, I think that's when they were examining the gorilla was in that shot. Yeah, I don't I don't remember. I just remember seeing one where it was definitely in that room. So yes. Yeah. Yes, when they're doing that with Spike, yeah, it was that room. So okay. Okay. awesome. Okay. Speaking of Disney's Animal Kingdom, this was to show the behind the scenes. When Animal Kingdom first debuted at Disney World. They had a phrase, Natazu, because it is Natazu, was the whole idea behind it. And we just got Kate, our resident animal kingdom expert. Kate did not realize that, that was. Yeah. They have, I worked they have animal been, kingdom for 10 years and I've never heard that. And that's hilarious. They, they haven't used Natazu. They, yeah. they haven't used Natazu in a long time. Kate, well, I had to look it up. Wow. <laughs> and so my question is, if that is what they're going for, Steve, is Animal Kingdom still not a zoo? Maybe. Um, it's that gray area because I think my last visit, like the safari, their reserve is really probably the closest where it's not a zoo or at Animal Kingdom Lodge, but some of their trails, it's a zoo. It's it's where the <laughs> zoo standards are are now, where it's still an enclosure where it looks as natural to the environment as possible, but it's still an enclosure. It still feels like a zoo. So it's that gray area. Some of it's not a zoo. Some of it is a zoo. Um, that, that's where me, I would stand. Yeah. For me, A, um, where I grew up here in South Central Kansas, we actually have one of the premier zoos in the country. It's in Sedgwick County in Wichita. With, um, like, our gorilla exhibit was designed by... Jane Goodall helped design the gorilla exhibit. So you're going to say gorillas. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but so ooh, ooh, to ooh, me, ooh. <laughs> Animal Kingdom is definitely a zoo because if it's not a zoo, it's a half day park. <laughs> ah, that's a good point. If you don't go to the safari, you don't go walk the trails in 120 degree heat index in July. Animal Kingdom's a half day park at most. Um, and yes, they want to say, you know, it's this amazing natural areas and it is. 
But if you've got a really good zoo, you can see just about everything at your local zoo. Um, so I would say, yes, it is a zoo. And it's, I don't know that it's a top five zoo in the country. No. I'm like you, Derek. I, I would agree with that. I, I have two like well-known nationally known mm-hmm. zoos within half hours of yeah. there, half hour north, half hour south. So I'd agree with that. Yeah. So Kate, is Animal Kingdom a zoo? So I can tell you that my answer, if I was still working for the company, would be different. Now that I am not working for the company, 100 <laughs> percent it's a zoo. Absolutely, it's a zoo. Uh, it's an immersive zoo. It's immersive in the with the safari. I'll give them that. Uh, the parts about the enclosures are pretty cool. How it's roped off by moats doesn't stop the animals from getting out. Something happened a while back where like a something got out and ate something else. I can't remember what it was. I don't remember what it was. But um, I went to the Omaha Zoo <laughs> years ago. Oh, yeah. Got out and ate a churro. That was funny. <laughs> uh, I went to the Omaha Zoo years ago, and this was also yeah. crazy immersive. Like, mm-hmm. really cool. So, if if you look at it from a zoo standpoint, it's subpar at best. It's terrible. But no, if you look no, at I it from a terrible, part Kate. that happens to have no. animals... And Kay, I would fight back against terrible, because to me, a terrible zoo is animals in concrete cages, which do still exist. To me, that is a terrible zoo. Now, yeah, I'll most agree with that. Good zoos are getting away from that. Yeah, because, I'll agree with that. But I would say it's not a terrible zoo. It's not an amazing zoo, but it's not a terrible zoo. Pete, what's your thoughts? So I'm going to go against the crowd and still say it's not a zoo. Yes, they have animal enclosures, but most zoos that I've been to don't have thrill coasters or a dinosaur time travel ride or a visit to another planet. What? It is to their benefit. They do not have the dinosaur time travel ride. (laughs) Well, but you know what I'm saying? Or, or, uh, you know, uh, character greets, or let's give a, a lot of credit to festival of the lion King, which is a fantastically entertaining show. And uh, also Finding Nemo is not bad either. And all those things you do not find at a zoo because I'm not saying that some zoos don't have rides or things, but most zoos are just about going and learning about animals. And the other thing I give props to Animal Kingdom on that respect, learning about animals is pretty much every exhibit you go to in animal kingdom, there is someone there that you can ask questions of and learn about the animals. And most zoos you go to, they have lots of signs and you can read about the animals and everything like that. But this is even if even walking the trails, if you walk the trails, as you go through each set set of the exhibits, they have somebody there. They have someone with the tigers. They have someone with the Komodo dragon. They have someone with the, you know, all these different animals and, Not that everybody takes advantage of that, but I think that's really a unique thing to do. And I'm kind of amazed they haven't gotten rid of that with all the budget cuts they've done over the years. Well, and Pete, I will say they have people there usually. Um, I've, yeah, I mean, there have been days, perfect, but yeah, there have been days where I've gone through there and I don't know what you're talking about with 
with with cast members that exhibit. Now, it might have just been there during a shift change or whatever, but I have never seen that, the people at the different exhibits. So, oh, really? Really. I've really? never seen it. Uh-uh. Hmm. No, it's no. I, as I said, I can I can think of like some there's always someone at the gorillas. There's someone at the mirror. I mean, I, I'll i be honest, since covid, I don't think I've been through those. So it may have changed since the return of covid, but that's how they used to do it. And that's what I'm remembering is post covid. So. Yeah. So it's possible they they've they haven't fully brought that back. But anyways, even beyond that, just as I said, in general, to me, it's a it's a theme park with also animal exhibits that are part i mean yes there are parts of it that are like a zoo and so it's not totally not a zoo but it's you know if you just think you're going there to go to a zoo you can also spend you know a good part of the day there as you said and not actually go and see any animals which like i'm not sure what zoo you can go to and not see any animals and (laughs) consider that you got a good day so Actually, the Omaha Zoo. I could go to the <laughs> Omaha Zoo. There's the Omaha Zoo has some fun stuff there that you could go and not see animals and have a good time. Okay, yeah. well, you win. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> okay. So as we normally do, we've watched several representative, couple representative shows of this series. We need to give it a set a pixie the series a pixie dust rating out of five. Kate, you're up. Two point five. Um, I think I'm going to give it a three. Um, as I said, I think, I think there are shows of this ilk that are done better, but I did enjoy it. So I'm going to give it a three. I'm with Pete. I'm giving it a three, but I'm not necessarily going to watch episode after episode. I'll go and watch it from time to time to pick up on the episodes at three. Two and a half. It's fine. It was okay. Sure. Whatever. Wasn't bad. It wasn't amazing. So two and a half. So fairly, fairly standard, fairly. uh, I mean, this might might be the most we've agreed with each other (laughs) (laughs) in our ratings, especially recently, especially recently. It's one of the most we've agreed with each other. (laughs) So, okay. As some of you may not know, if you've been hiding under a rock or in a cave, Mandalorian season three has premiered on March 1st. Okay. We are, this episode is being uh, put out March 2nd. We have not had time to watch the first episode. Pete, and I'm also going to bring in our producer, Gina, on this one. Hi, Gina. (laughs) Okay. So let's say for laughs, you have people on this show who have not watched all of season one, who have not watched all of season two, and have only watched part of Boba Fett. We know who the Mandalorian is. We know who Grogu or Baby Yoda is. It's me. You're talking to me. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you're not alone on this one. You're talking to me also. There are other people. So what do we need to know for... Season, season three. three. Okay. All right. Are you going to um, start, Gina? And- I'll start with Moff Gideon. We'll talk about Moff Gideon. And he's the big bad in this uh, show. He is the one who really wanted to get Grogu at the beginning. Um, Cause he, it's a whole story. There's a whole other storyline going on 
Is he the one who sent Mandalorian? Is he the yes. head bounty hunter dude also? Yes. No. no. No, he's the guy with the black. He has the black. All he's like Darth Vader, but he doesn't wear a helmet. Okay, <laughs> that's so, what it looks like to me. Anyway. Let me break in. So, Mandalorian's a bounty hunter. In the at the beginning of the series, he's sent on a mission to get uh this the child or baby Yoda or whatever you want to call him, it, which he which he does succeed to get, brings him back, and he's turned over to these scientists that are doing experiments on him. Mando okay. has a change. Okay. Yeah. He, he, okay. he has a change of heart about that. And he decides to uh, go and get baby Yoda out of the situation and, and rescues him basically. And then he's kind of flying around with him for the rest of season one. And that's when we find out that Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon is the main bad guy. But he sent him originally. He did send him originally to go get right. him as the bounty. Yeah. Okay. That's where I was starting with. Then there's another, there's a whole storyline with Moff Gideon and he's this big bad with this black lightsaber. So just remember that he has this black lightsaber that comes in later. Is that the same black lightsaber that like the big black looks like actually a, like a sword. sword. That has a on yes. It? Okay. yes. That's important. Also, that's another important thing that Moff Gideon has. Then there's a whole thing who it belongs to. And that ties in later. Then we don't, that's the end of season one, basically flying around black saber. All right. Season two, we start and he doesn't want to give up. Who is he? I'm sorry. Mandalorian doesn't want to give up Grogu. There's a whole storyline there where they're traveling the galaxy with the eggs and the frog lady. And he saves the frog lady. That's a whole thing set up. There's all these setups because there's all this stuff with yeah, there's a frog family that he's helping. That's <laughs> well, super important in the in the background. Kermit and Robin. and yes, exactly. <laughs> frogs. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So then he says, "Okay, I'm going to take him to a school because he needs to learn from a Jedi." So he sends up. They go to this temple and they send up the signal to get a Jedi. Okay, that's that's another side thing. All the while we have. Gideon trying to get him. We have the storyline with Amy Sedaris going on and she's, she can understand him. And then we have what else is going on. I'm trying to think Pete, what else is going on. There's like three things going on. Well, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on, <laughs> but the main plot of the second season is trying to five, find where baby Grogu belongs. So, so Mando in, in, in the first season, he's trying to figure out, how to rescue him and what to do with them. And then in the second season, it's more about, I need to find him a home. So again, there's a lot of different adventures that go on and they introduce characters, which some come back later, but the importance of it is he's trying to find a place for baby Grogu. And by the end of it, Moff Gideon, I think captures baby Yoda again. Yes. And they start doing tests on him and trying to get the blood for the makes him a Jedi. Right. So, because they, yeah, because they think they can use baby Grogu to yeah, make for the blood, make force sensitive people. Yeah, but anyways, so uh, Jin and some of the other characters go and rescue baby jo- baby Yoda. Jen. Who's Jen? Jin Jaren is Din Jaren is the Mandalorian. Okay, it's his name. Um, it's just Din. I said Jin. Yeah. Um, it's like, but so anyways, Mando, Mando and some other people go to rescue him. 
they fought, fight Marth, Moff Gideon, and then Luke Skywalker shows up. And I have to point this out, in the middle of the fight, he gets Cobb, what's his name, Cobb Vanth, who's later on in the Boba Fett series. So you need to, he's he has Cobb Vanth with him fighting. Who is Cobb Salad? Who, who, is, who is this guy? That's um, Timothy Elephant. You need to know him for Boba Fett. Justified. Boba <laughs> <laughs> Justified guy. Uh, yeah. The, a different, yeah. <laughs> different show. Anyways, Mando defeats Moff Gideon. In doing so, he gets the, 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 it's called the dark saber. It's the black lightsaber. He gets the, the dark saber. Luke comes, takes baby Yoda to train him. And so this is at the end of the second season. Um, then we get the book of Boba Fett where there's a couple episodes. What is there? There's something about, he took his helmet off. What's that whole thing about? Well, yeah. So he at the end of at the end of the season when Luke is taking away Baby Yoda, he takes his helmet off and he shows his his helmet or he shows his face and he's of a sect of Mandalorians. And this is important to know because you're yes. going to see you're going to see be. other Mandalorians that take their helmets off all the time, and you're going to be like, well, why can't he take his helmet off? Well, it's because there's different like. he's part of a religious well he's part of a religious sect i mean this is this is part of lore (laughs) it's deep um (laughs) so he's not he's not supposed to be able to he's not supposed to take it off he's not supposed to show his face to anybody that's part part of his um religion or beliefs or whatever so the fact that he did that now he's kind of been excommunicated that's what happens in the book of Boba Fett episodes is he goes to visit his clan. They basically tell him he's excommunicated because he took his helmet off. But then they he still did. help him. Um, no, they meet Sabine. Other, they meet, they meet it, a different Mandalorian. The, the owner of the dark saber is Sabine. They meet her. She's actually the rightful owner. Not, not Sabine. Um, Sabine's oh, from Bo- Rebels. Bo-Katan. Sorry, Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Different, different, we're, we're same, making it too, we're making it a little too complicated. But there's no, so much going on. Lucas made it way too complicated. There's so much going on. It's actually this is Dave Filoni's story. Actually, Dave Filoni so, made it Dave too Filoni's story. So, anyways, where we're at, where we're at to to jump ahead, where we're at at the beginning of season three is, uh, Mando went back to Luke and basically Luke gave Baby Yoda a choice to say, "Do you want to stay and keep training, or do you want to go back to your papa?" More or less, who's Mando, and he, and he, and he chose, chose to go back. He chose, yeah, so he chose to go back. He where, said, "Bye, Luke. We're good." <laughs> yeah, where where we're at right now is now. Baby Yoda is back with Mandalorian. The Mandalorian has the dark saber, and the, he has a new vehicle, which is the Naboo Starship. Yeah, but <laughs> I love the dark saber. In again, in lore, if you win the dark saber in battle, you become the leader of the Mandalorian people. So where we're at right now is, I assume, is that we're going to get the story of him getting more involved with the politics of Mandalore, which there's a lot of stuff in Clone Wars and even Rebels about the Mandalorians and the dark and saber and without going in, I said, I don't think it's necessary to go into all that. But basically what we're going to have happen, (laughs) I suspect, is we're going to have adventures where uh, Mando and Baby Yoda are working to bring the Mandalorians together to, uh, and also I assume to defeat Moff Gideon because for some and reason he didn't kill him. Up, right? 
What? And then Thanos shows up, right? Maybe he'll snap and then Unlikely, it'll yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a perfect segue into where Kate and Casey are in their <laughs> Marvel journey through the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We just watched Infinity War and it is sad every single time you watch it. Back to you, Pete. <laughs> I don't feel so good, Mr. Stark. Oh, God. Oh, oh. Derek, have you seen Infinity War? Yes. Oh, oh God. Every Oh, my God. It's so sad. There's one sadder. What? Which one? I love you 3000. Yeah, that's pretty sad. End game. Wait, I'm so sorry. Wait. Is, in, it, in, game. in game. In game. Yeah. When basically it's his message from beyond the dead. To his daughter. Yeah. Oh, I love his message to his daughter. Anyways, we're getting totally off topic. Anyway, bottom line so I, is, so I think the only thing. <laughs> yeah, so I think the only thing that's important is Mandalorian. He's back with Baby Yoda. He's got the dark saber, which is supposed to unite the um, the Mandalorians. And I think that's where this. We don't know for sure where the story is going to go this season, but I suspect. I, that we're going to yeah. have more Mandalorian lore. But all, all we really know from the show is we've seen Bo-Katan, who's Katie Sockoff. She's got red hair. She actually did the voice in On the animated Clone series. Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, so, which is unusual that they have the actor. She's play a battle star also. Right. She was, yeah, was, she was first became famous yeah. in Battlestar Galactica. Um, the actress, <laughs> not the oh. character. <laughs> <laughs> so so i think we're gonna get a lot more mandalorian stuff in this in this season i'm a this is probably i shouldn't say it this is definitely my favorite star wars thing that disney has done um it's very especially the first season is very spaghetti western to me which i'm a big fan of of westerns and spaghetti westerns and the you know the lone gunman which is is what basically Mandalorian starts out with as um, and you know, the lone, the lone gunman that is not a good guy, but he ends up having a heart of gold and everything like that. So it's very, it's very tropey with Westerns. Um, so if you like Westerns, I think this is a good show. It's much better. Unfortunately, the uh, book of Boba Fett was kind of stunk except for the two Mandalorian for the Mandalorian episodes and the episode where they had um Cobb in the in the tank in the band the tank in the vodka yeah. tank whatever okay, is Cobb so. the Billy Bob Thornton character or no look, it's, it looks like Billy Bob Thornton yeah, yeah. he does kind of look like Billy yeah. Bob Thornton yeah that's okay. him yeah yeah but he's so that's he's, actually Timothy Oliphant he was yeah, also in Deadwood healed he's getting healed so that's he'll be no, if, I think if he's anybody's not Deadwood yeah, I think he's going to show up though. Also in this, I think it's going to be some more of this bounty hunter stuff because I don't think there's going to be another book of Boba Fett. So they'll probably tie that up and then finish off the Mando. With the yeah, they too. haven't they haven't talked at all about more book of Boba, Boba no, Fett. So I'm I assuming think they're just going to tie that up. But they have already talked about it. Season four of this. Yes. So, yeah. so supposedly tie up a lot of Favreau's already written. So this this is. This show is very John Favreau and Dave Filoni, but John Favreau has really been the the shepherd of this show and the lead writer and everything. Even even though he hasn't directed a lot of it, he's heavily involved with the show. And um, the Book of Boba Fett, I think he was involved with a little bit, but not quite as much. Okay. So. 
So okay. I'm sure that made it completely clear. Clear as mud, right? Clear as mud. Clear as mud. Kate, Clear we'll be mud. drinking next week. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> I am betting that there will be a recap at the start of yes. the first they, episode. That or they need to have a recap like available on Disney Plus for you to watch in 30 minutes of this is what happened. So yeah. They do. They do. Okay. I agree. So that will be our next week's show. We will be uh, primarily discussing the premiere. And, and that is not the, pr- this was the season three primer. Not and, and next week will be the season three premiere. So no, that is not a typo down at the bottom. <laughs> primer. Then there will also be a season three premiere. Excellent. So that will be next week. But Kate, we do have a little bit of Disney Plus news. What we yes, got going we on this week? We only have one thing of Disney Plus news, and that's that a trailer for Peter Pan and Wendy, the latest live action adaptation, appeared this week. The show will premiere on Disney Plus on April 28th. That's it. What did, did everybody see it? I yeah. did. I'm intrigued. It I'm actually intrigued me. I'm not. I'm not at all. At all. <laughs> I'm not either. I'm like, eh, no. you guys can watch I'm it intrigued. for me. Oh me I, okay. I don't what tend intrig- to like live action things. Okay. Steve, so. what intrigues you? Um, I'm intrigued by the sort of the twist of how they're trying to update it. Um, it, it just caught enough interest. Um, doesn't mean it's going to be good, but I was like, oh, okay, I might watch it. If it's bad as Pinocchio, I'm turning it off. <laughs> well, that that, that that was my comment. Was That's that it, it, it's it's <laughs> It's definitely, I'm definitely more willing to watch it than I was Pinocchio. So I, I, I don't, I don't hate the idea of watching it. Let's put it that way. But it does, but it does feel like it's just going to be the same story basically. And if it's not, they're going to go easy. They're going to be the same story or they're going to try and like hookify it. I totally think they're going to hookify it. I totally think that. Yeah, I and, totally and went there once. Do you mean? Do you mean by that? Do you mean like the like, movie hook? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, I okay. think. I just don't know. Peter's going to get older, but I do feel it's going to have that hook vibe too. Well, or it's gonna. Yeah, I'm not because I felt like by the fact there were scenes of them like on the London t- on Big Ben. That's just going to be the movie that it's that vibe. it's just. It's just going to be the same plot as the normal Peter Pan story. I think it will be very similar. I don't think it will have the songs, which I think will be to its detriment. Yeah. And no Um, one plays, no one plays Peter Pan like Mary Martin. So (laughs) I'll be honest. That I don't mind. No, I like that one. I think they're going to try to do that and it's just going to fail. But it's because the Peter Pan that Peter Pan, the least a little glimpse we got of him looked too old. He looked like tweenish or even early teens, which to me is a little is too old. So did Wendy though growing up. That's the hook. I thought so did Wendy. She looked like she was probably like 15. And that's the hook problem. Yeah. And that's also the that's too old to not have grown up yet to me. (laughs) I guess so, it has to be a fourth be in the grader. nursery at 15. Right. Uh, I would even say a fifth grader. Yeah. So no. elementary is fine. Elementary is fine. 
Uh, no fifth uh, grader, fourth uh, grader. <laughs> yeah, but that four, it depends on the fourth and fifth grader. But somewhere in that 10, 11 year old range is where yeah. you haven't grown up yet. Totally agree. Yes. So, and I mean, honestly, Peter's voice was too deep in the preview. It was too, his voice was I, too, and I agree. I'm hesitant. As someone who directed the original James Berry play in a high school and did the show that way, I'm very hesitant if, okay, who played Hook? I should know. Actor, famous actor. Dustin Hoffman? No, 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 no. no. This one. Oh, Jude Law, right? Jude Law. Jude Law. He is not also Mr. Darling. That's a problem. I'm I'm sure they'll do that. He's got it. They got to do that. You're sure they'll do that? I'm pretty sure. The live actions have been crap lately. No, not lately. The live actions have been crap. All of them are terrible. Yes. I so, can stomach Aladdin. That's the I could stomach it. That was the. Ugh. I could stomach parts of Beauty and the Beast. Oh, and the Beauty and the Beast, the ballroom scene. I could deal with that. That's it. Beauty and the Beast was. Okay. I could deal up until she got to the castle. Oh, I could deal with the ballroom scene. That was it. That's all I could handle. No. So <laughs> that's all I can anyway. handle that one. Anyway, that will be coming. We will be looking at that when it comes out, or better or worse. So, guys, well, and 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 let's also say this: like the Little Mermaid, they're putting in theaters. This, this they are not. They're not putting in theaters. So, do you think that they think this is this is going to be a Stinker. great movie? Stinker. And especially that's when they put Ant Man in the they put Quantum Mania in theaters. So. <laughs> Well, Marvel, they like that. have to. Well, yeah, but still, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm not holding out great hope for Peter Pan and Wendy. So, guys, we will have some spots in, especially in May at this point, where we are going to need some shows to review. If you have some shows to review, especially some diamonds in the rough, please email us at plusplatoon at gmail.com. We need your suggestions because otherwise, it's us coming up with the shows. So we want to know what you want us to watch. Uh, we come out every Thursday on YouTube and all major podcasting platforms. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Gina, Kate, Steve, Pete, thank you so much for being with us. And we will see everyone next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Howdy, howdy, howdy. <laughs> Thanks for watching this week's episode of the Plus Platoon. Be sure to subscribe to the Plus Platoon podcast to keep getting great content each week. Then head over to Apple Podcasts and leave those five-star reviews as they help make the Plus Platoon visible to even more Disney Plus fans. Also, go to YouTube and like and subscribe to the Plus Platoon channel where you can watch all future episodes live. If you have a question for the Plus Platoon, please send us an email to plusplatoon at gmail.com or connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Plus Platoon. The Plus Platoon is a Disney Plus fan podcast and is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or the Disney Plus streaming service. All opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the individual hosts and in no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney Company. Thanks for watching and be sure to stay tuned for next week's episode because the Plus Platoon is to be continued. Continued.